Welcome to Good for a Girl, the podcast where each week we'll be meeting to discuss gaming, TV, movies, content creation, and how they intersect with culture and politics, whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Good for a Girl Pod. I'm here with my co-host Katie, and today we'll be talking about the effort to unionize in the video game industry that's currently becoming more relevant than ever since a top. Pre- Why is it so hard? <laughs> since it's you can pause. <laughs> I can yeah. edit it. Just take a breath. Yeah. I, okay, I'm here with my co-host Katie. Today we'll be talking about the effort to unionize in the video game industry that's currently becoming more relevant than ever since Bernie Sanders, a top presidential candidate, spoke out about it and many news sources have over the years reported on workers' conditions in the largest gaming companies. There's movements like the Game Workers Movement that's a grassroots movement trying to organize workers in the industry. First we'll do a quick explanation of unions and then we'll get into video game industry conditions and what developers think about unionizing. So, Katie, you got your bullet points. Tell us what yes. unions are. Well, I just want to do a quick primer, because I'm sure some people listening mm. know about unions. Some people listening maybe just know, like, a little bit. It could be a little confusing for people, so I'll just do, like, a quick primer on it. But before I do that, rate us an Apple podcast. Give us five stars, mm-hmm. please. Tell us what you think, if it's nice. Um, yes. If it's not nice, then add something nice, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so just a quick thing, unions are, at least in the U.S., obviously they're very different in the country you're in, but historically they are just a way for the workers in a company or whatever it is to have a collective way to bargain, basically. So a union organizes workers to say, like, for example, the WGA, or yeah, WGA, the Writers Guild of America, they had a big protest in um, 2007, 2008. Um, they went on strike. So it's basically like a way to ensure that if you're being mistreated in any way, that you have your entire collectivity of your workers behind you with it. It's the way that a lot of these place um, workers bargain with their company owners. And some statistics on it, um, union employees, this is in the United States, to be clear, union employees make an average of 30% more than non-union workers. 92% of them have job-related health coverage versus non-union workers who have 68% of job-related health coverage. Um, They're more likely to have guaranteed pensions. They're less likely to be fired without just cause. Um, A lot of states have the law that's saying People can be fired at will, which means you ha- don't you don't have to be given a reason. Um, unions ensure that you can't be fired just at will; um, that you have to have a reason to do it. So it's stuff like that. It um, historically in the United States, it kind of started around 1920s, 1930s with the industrial um, industrialization, and yeah, that's kind of essentially it. There are unions that are good. They're, it's not like this magical thing where solves everyone's problems it essentially just allows workers to have more power in a relationship where they don't have a lot of power do we want to go into some of the issues with unions um yeah so some like there are examples of unions historically that aren't always super effective or don't always have the workers best interests in mind because like anything they could be corrupt um i know my mom's teachers union like in the state of Maryland, she's not allowed to go, like teachers aren't allowed to go on strike, which is a main tool to use to pressure people into not mistreating you. Um, oh, there have been recent teacher strikes because they've been underpaid 
in other states. And it's a very useful tool because it's essentially saying, if you don't do this, we will not work for you. Um, obviously, it's not an easy thing to do because it's saying you're not going to get paid, you're not going to do this. But with a union, it makes it so everyone in that union will stand behind you and it has more power. Um, so it's little things like some unions aren't kind of take away that power and it's not yeah. great. And then there's also like a history in Italy in 1960s. Um, a lot of the workers did not trust the unions because the unions, they were just like two to three big ones um, and they were basically on the side of the factory owners and they weren't really helpful. So there are instances you'll see in history where unions aren't the best thing for workers, but in most cases when they are formed by the workers, they are helpful as a way to bargain and you know increase worker rights and better the conditions. Right. With teachers, it is a, a, a different, the reason that teachers have issues with their unions is a little bit different than the reasons for other industries. Because like you said, with the strike thing, the reason that that even exists is because they think, you know, teachers leaving the classroom is a problem or Nah, that's kind of BS. Like, it's happened and people are fine. Oh, yeah. No, it is completely BS. Yeah. It's just the, the issues they face are a little bit different. But it's still a good example of, like, Like, nurses have unions and they go and strike. But, you know, yeah. a lot of the time, since nur nurses love their patients, they still, like, provide the information of care to yeah, people right. even if they are on strike so yeah right or maybe i'm just thinking of that Grey's anatomy episode i don't know um but yeah so we'll get into the actual like conditions um that have been making headlines for a while now at some of the top companies we'll look at you know terminology that's used like crunch um which is a thing not just a pokemon move <laughs> um, and we'll look at We're contractors because that's a big thing. So yeah, first let's look at crunch, what crunch is, why it's become the norm in the video game industry. Obviously, Jubilee and I are not video game developers. We yeah. play video games, but we've right. we've done a decent job reading up on it. But if any, you know, people who work in the video game industry or work as developers, anything like that, if you have information that you want to tell us or correct us on or whatever feel free we yeah. are totally open to that as long as you're not just someone who doesn't work in the industry using google because i used google so there's <laughs> we, nothing we you used google there's nothing it. you're finding that we didn't yeah. find <laughs> i just want to add real quick about my experience um i do have experience i i've worked in industries before obviously not video the video game industry i did apply at a video game job and I went to an in-person interview and I talked to a lot of employees there because I was obviously being interviewed. So I did see that a lot of the things that are being said about these companies are really happening. Like I saw firsthand. So um, also in the career that I had before I became a streamer and a YouTuber, I was an accountant and a lot of the things that these um, these employees are complaining about are also really common in accounting as well. I think it's a, it's better in accounting for a variety of reasons, but it's I, I can still say I've experienced some of it. Um, anyways, I just wanted to. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a good um, experience. Yeah. thing to add. I yeah. haven't really like my industry, I guess, that I want to get into is obviously the film industry or TV industry, but I haven't actually done too much work in it. I just, I did film studies, so you, in that, you learn 
um, you learn the history of the relationship of unions with the entertainment industry. Um, Film actually is a really good kind of, um, what's the word? Pattern to follow. Parallel. Yeah, it's it's a good thing to look at as an example of yeah. what could help the video game industry, but there's also differences that makes it hard to just be like, okay, we'll just copy what they do. So Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we'll get into those um, when we talk about the actual issues, but what started this idea that we were going to do for this podcast was Bernie Sanders tweeted about, um, like, seemingly out of nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess because the Times um, article came out, this really good Times article came out, the person who wrote the article, Alana Samuels, um, she wrote the article for Time um, entitled, Every Game You Like is Built on the Backs of Workers. Video Game Creators Are Burned Out and Desperate for Change. So he tweeted that in addition to um, including the handles of two organizations that are trying to organize people into unionizing in the video game industry um so yeah so we can go over what the article said real quick um what that it focused specifically on something called crunch which has become the norm at uh, in video game industries so let's look at right. crunch crunch is basically something that pretty much anyone with a with a desk job is familiar with it's common where your boss will ask you hey, you need to work a few extra hours for the next week because we need to get this what we need to get this project out by this deadline. It's supposed to be something that's rare. It's not something that you you go to a job interview and go like, I'm signing up for this. Oh, however, there are industries where it is like that. Gaming industry is one of them. They expect their workers to work overtime, work through crunch times. Specifically much put in 100 hours weeks with no extra pay that is the main thing obviously the time the expectation to work 100 hour weeks is insane but the caveat is always that it's not it's no extra pay which is illegal right so and on top of that because as i said earlier i worked in accounting and being expected to work 80 to 100 hour weeks is very common in accounting however even though we're not paid, we weren't paid overtime, the pay was considerably better. Yeah. So they're being paid basically minimum wage to work unbelievable hours um, with poor benefits. And that's an issue. Yeah. Also, in video game development, it used to actually just be limited to like the, guess the three to, you know, four weeks before a game's release. That was crunch time. But with the way video games are now where it's constant updates and everything to keep it relevant crunch time is becoming the norm for the majority of the year like it's not just yeah. the oh a couple weeks before a big release it is becoming right. the norm exactly. because constant. everything is like a big release now so yeah that's another and big problem yeah the constant updates that games are getting nowadays like with fortnite like being updated every month or even more often than that like a game isn't just released and it's over. It's like they're constantly in a state of crunch of trying to get out these updates for these games. I mean, Riot, League of Legends is the same way. So um, they just expect their employees to work like that year round. And the um, culture of immediate feedback that we have with social media um, apparently really does impact it. The article says 
the whole player base for video games is like King Joffrey in Game of Thrones, and the whole game industry is terrified of losing players because there are so many other options. Um, that was someone who does, um, a, that was like an anonymous video game developer who said that, but that means that they do last minute changes based on player feedback, before, right. like for the pre-release beta testing. So what you saw with Pokemon, if they were actually to give in to what people were saying, then that would mean really bad crunch time or like we'll get into layer hiring contractors to do this like intense revamping of everything. I mean, a recent example we have of that, it's not video games, but what happened with Sonic. Yeah. Where people complained about Sonic's design in the movie and they were like, okay, we're going to change it. And immediately everyone in that industry was like, wait a minute. Yeah, they did. (laughs) I know what happens when you change it. Yeah, Yeah. They did push it back in that example, but it, it goes to show regardless of the industry, when you let like the, when you let all these people decide how, what changes you need to make to your game at, at the last minute, usually they just have you work overtime with no pay. Yeah. Sonic was an example. I mean, it was an exception, but that's likely because time, Hollywood has better protections for workers than right, the video yeah. game industry. In, in the video game industry, they wouldn't do that. That's, ha- that's not historically what they've done. It's rare that things get pushed back. Yeah, I mean, the conditions that you see, I really do recommend recommend reading the article because we're not, we can't read it word for word here, but it's just examples of, uh, like a telltale tale worker said that um, it's hard, the difficulty of getting them to have the power to unionize to speak out about it is that these people are already apparently, like he said, they're taking oatmeal from the office to you for dinner. Like, it's hard to risk that when you are living in such poor conditions and mm-hmm. people expect a lot of people in industries like film or TV or video games where there's a creative element, they expect you to do it for the passion and then the CEOs reap the billions of dollars from it, you know? Yeah. I mean, these companies are not hurting for money. They don't have an excuse to not pay their workers. You can't say, oh, the video game industry is in a slump. That's why this is happening. That's not what's happening. They're just increasing the revenue of the highest executives and keeping all of the workers that are, you know, these games are built on the backs of these workers. They're they're not increasing their pay. They're not increasing their conditions at all. And then another thing, though, the difficulty with that is then you could argue, well, if they just paid their workers overtime, it would be fine. But that's not the case. It's not healthy to have your workers constantly doing 70 to 100 hour weeks like you see with Fortnite and yeah. epic games Fortnite is constantly changing it, it has like a new season every couple months i think and then within that season there are updates and patches all the time and they were polygon um the website did a dozen interviews over um, a period of several months with current and former employees of epic games and they said they regularly worked um, in excess of 70-hour weeks, with some reporting 100-hour weeks. The overtime, and again, this is what companies do to make it so they can do this legally. Um, they say that overtime isn't mandatory, but it's voluntary. Like, But then there's the caveat that they have no unions. They can fire you at will legally. So if you don't do it, they can just fire you. There's actually nothing preventing that. And there was an example of it. Somebody said yeah. that they, these people, like some workers decided not to work weekends. And then he saw them get fired because they didn't finish in time. 
And that's not like, oh, well, why would you not work when something was due? It's that everything's always due. There's always another thing right. due. It's not just like, oh, I'll do this and then it will be done. It's constant. Yeah. Just to give a little bit of my personal experience with that, um, I have worked 80-hour weeks before um, for extended periods of time because that's, again, that's normal in accounting. There are specific seasons where you're expected to do that. It's required, like working on the weekends, working ridiculous hours. Um, it's the, it's It's something that you really can't understand the toll it takes on you. Like even when you take away how much money you're making, whether you're making overtime, that is irrelevant to just the physical toll it takes. Like I used to go home, me and my coworkers would like go home crying every single day. I used to like fall asleep in my car or just one time I fell asleep on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> just on the floor. I fell asleep of my office in the break room. Like it, it's, it's an incredible physical toll and it, it, it's not sustainable at all i mean this one yeah this one article in um, kotoku that was um published in 2015 so this obviously isn't just a new thing that people are reporting on it's called the horrible world of video game crunch it literally begins saying um fresh off nine months of 80 hour work weeks jessica chavez took a pair of scissors to her hair she'd been working so hard on video games 14 hours a day six days a week she hadn't had a spare time to go to the barber and she cut off 18 inches of hair because she said it was giving her headaches. Like, she was pretty much driven insane. I know that doesn't seem like maybe a big deal no, to people. You, imagine you just, do get driven insane. Imagine yes. just, like, oh, and she also lost 10% of her body weight at the time. Like, yeah, it was, she worked on um, Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Skies. And that's not just something that happened to her. A nine-month schedule of 80-hour work weeks is insane. That is not healthy for anybody. So when these companies say things like, oh, it only happens the last couple of weeks before a release or before a demo release, that is not accurate. And there are companies that work on multiple games and they have games that are constantly being released and they often move their employees around between games like, oh, you're done with this project. We'll come over to this other project that needs to get done next week and start you know, working crunch time on that. I mean, 81%. So they just keep them in a constant cycle. Yeah, 81% of cold game developers said they had crunched at some point over the previous two years. And the crunch means that it's a long time where they go, they said they go months without seeing their families. Yes, that's, that doesn't surprise me at all. So I do want to discuss one example. Obviously, we've given the example of Fortnite, but one that made the headlines, like, crazy last year was the Red Dead Redemption 2 um, and the labor controversy around it. Um, So it was the biggest game in the world when it came out. Um, But it really had a lot of um, backlash when it became known that the work hours, and this was by Rockstar Games, um, Kotoku did, again, they are always doing the investigations for this, um, Apparently, the chief executive bragged yeah. in an interview that people were working 100-hour weeks to finish the game in time for its scheduled release date. So there is a culture where they are not only doing this to their employees, but they're bragging about it. Like, they're proud of themselves for yeah. <laughs> basically torturing their employees. Um, 
And I saw that in accounting as well. Like it, it was definitely a culture where people w would be like, oh, I worked 80 hours. Well, I worked 90. Like people would always be trying to one up each other for how like unhealthy their work life balance was. It's it's a deeply ingrained culture yeah. in the video game industry to expect this and to brag about it. Yeah. But again, another thing that happened was they said, um, though the never saying the studio worked under mandatory overtime, um, I don't know who this guy is, Colby, acknowledged that the requested scheduled overtime felt like an obligation to some, if not many, of the team. Um, requested means the manager requested overtime of his employee. It, it means that essentially if you don't do it, you're going to get fired. It's not... Uh, it's not as voluntary as they make it seem. It's just that they legally have to say Oh, it's that. I, I don't know what voluntary, how that is even supposed to be, <laughs> like, yeah. a law. Who volunteers they... for unpaid overtime? <laughs> yeah. Um, my experience when overtime is necessary in crunch time, um, there have been times where I've refused to work on weekend days. I was always chastised for it. I was I was put in meetings with the top managers and scolded and intimidated into not ever saying no to overtime ever again. You know, um, I'm sure that the gaming industry is the same way. If you, if they were to say no, I mean, we saw with that example you gave earlier, those people said they wouldn't work on the weekend and they got fired for it. Yeah, because, and you know, they're, they're, they've been given impossible deadlines and actually you know one way that they get people to do overtime that i experienced in accounting they used to tell us that oh you don't have to do overtime you just have to get this work done by this day and it's an amount of work that's physically impossible to get done without yeah. doing overtime and i mean so if you look, here's some of the quotes that these people obviously said this anonymously because they a lot of people are fired if they speak out about the conditions which is another thing that a union would protect you from it wouldn't, like, protect you from anything that you say not coming back to you, but speaking out about bad conditions of the place you're working specifically, it would protect you. So they, they said, back when we worked normal hours, I never felt anxiety going back into work, but over the past year I have, under normal cir circumstances, it is work we can do to a very high standard, and we consider ourselves a very capable department. We put a lot of pride in what we do. It's just the amount of time... Like, they feel guilty about it, that they can't yeah. create this game when they're supposed to apparently dedicate. They were expected to dedicate literally 24-7 to Rockstar, which is the company that created Red Dead yeah. Redemption 2. And it didn't impact the sales or critical acclaim of the game. And we can't necessarily look at sales for, you know... Because I don't, it wouldn't impact, but the fact that no critics who have a responsibility to um, look at the exploitation behind the game, in my opinion, the fact that it didn't impact that at all is kind of disturbing. Right. Especially considering the company was bragging about what they did to their workers. So it wasn't a secret. Yeah. And but apparently, it doesn't, yeah. like, this was in the UK. So UK employment laws state a person can only work eight out of every. 24 hours but rockstar employees sign agreements to waive these conditions so if you want to work there you're expected to sign a waiver to make it so they basically can make you work whenever they want you to not to mention the addition of the culture where everyone expects it of you you know it's not like you're going in like oh you have a choice but then you're in a culture where if you don't do it everyone is going to think less of you 
like your boss is going to criticize you like you're going to be seen as someone who doesn't work hard or doesn't care so and just because you want to have a normal life balance grand theft auto, auto too someone said i've definitely done more than 100 hours a week um some people would come in with sleeping bags work until two and three in the morning and they the every um employee that they spoke to at rockstar lincoln said these hours are mandatory so the company says they're not but the employees say they are so that is the way that this whole thing works and it's this expectation that if you don't do it, there are a thousand people with your credentials who will do it. So we can fire yeah, you. That's time. I think that's the biggest thing. Like they they see you as expendable, and because there's nothing to hold them accountable, what's stopping them from just, you know, ex- treating employees like they're expendable? If there's no consequences for doing that, and they can, then why would they stop? Yeah, and it's that's the perk of a union. If it is a well done union, is that. While one person may be expendable, the entirety of the video game developers and workers in general are not expendable. You cannot just not have everybody. So that is the power of the collectivity here. It's that when everyone is standing together to work against the mistreatment, it is you then have the power. It is not the person in charge who has the power. And I think that one thing that has kind that might be preventing workers from unionizing is again the culture that that's normal like in this article I think it was this article it mentioned that um you know people come into the industry they experience that type of work environment they see it as the norm they end up in management positions and then they repeat the cycle with new people coming in and they probably think well why are we going to unionize like this is normal this is how people are supposed to work but that's not the case that's not true that's an unhealthy work environment um to pretty much anyone else like on the outside looking in so part of it isn't just unionizing it's also changing the culture yeah when you have several employees who suffer breakdowns working for you that is a problem that is not something that just happens um so it's really the whole culture of crunch the fact that it's the norm it's expected it's not you know oh a couple bad apples are doing this it's not an exception it is expected of people um and that is a huge part of the reason why a lot of people want the push for unions um another reason why is the use of contractors and kind of the abuse of the term contractor basically so we'll get into that next um in addition to crunch we wanted to talk about how some companies are kind of moving away from looking like they do that crunch and instead use something else that's just as bad if not worse i guess we can debate that maybe we shouldn't um so last year at E3 in 2018, Reggie, the former president um, and CEO of Nintendo America, this was when he was still president and CEO, um, talked about how when asked you know, how he deals with crunch or the environment in Nintendo, um, he said that they avoid crunch. And we can kind of see that as evidence. Um, they talk mm-hmm. about how they've delayed Animal Crossing. Um, we've never really heard too much of that. Del- they've delayed a lot of games. They've yeah, so we Breath can see Wild. that that's true. But what mm-hmm. he said, this is specifically quoting him. I'm sorry if you love him. Our approach is this. We flex through the use of contract employees. Um, 
So they add headcount instead of adding numbers to the employees that already exist. The problem with that, while it does avoid the crunch, and I'm sure the employees appreciate it, the contractors probably do not appreciate it because the use of contractors in the video game industry is actually pretty widespread because they don't have to pay them as much. They don't have to cover health insurance. They don't have to cover any retirement plans. They're usually very short term. And contractors have zero rights, essentially. Um, you cannot file a harassment complaint um, with the same protections you have as an employed worker. You cannot, um, basically any labor rights that were given, you can't do as a contractor because you're not hired by the employer. You're hired by like a third party. So it's a weird way to make it so they don't have to have accountability, essentially. Contractors are supposed to be used as kind of a rare thing in companies. Like they're not a bad thing by themselves, but they're just supposed to be like very occasionally used for a project if you realize I don't have enough employees for this one unusual project that's happening. They're not supposed to be used as half your workforce. Yeah, like, and they are. It's not supposed to be used as an alternative for employees. And that's how the gaming industry is using it. Yeah. Also, and they're misclassifying the people as contractors because right. under the law, there's like something that they have to pay more if they have people classified as employed, you know, full-time employees. A lot of people who are doing exactly what full-time employees are doing are being listed as contractors. And it's kind of like a loophole you can get around. Exactly. Apparently it right. saves that's... them up to 30% um, in money, but obviously that comes at a cost. And just one more thing to add. Um, yeah. Some people do like to be, some people choose to become contractors with those, you know, with all of that in mind. Some people right. want the flexibility. Some people want to be able to work from home. Some people want to just go from project to project, but that's not everybody who's doing it. It's actually not the majority of people. They feel like there's no, no. other way they can get their foot in the door because these companies are only hiring contractors pretty much. They're not really hiring as many full-time employees to be game developers or any other, you know, lower level thing in these industries. So people aren't really choosing to become contractors. They feel there's no other way to get in the industry. The What you just described, contractors who are just doing it to, are doing it by choice, is extremely rare. Even in other, in other industries where contractors are used rarely, um, the contractors that I've known personally were doing it to get their foot in the door to get experience they were doing it with the expectation that they would get a full-time job yeah. with that on their resume yeah so it's not something people don't become contractors almost ever for that reason yeah um and the biggest issue is just using contractors as employees that's that's absolutely not okay. That's not normal. Yeah. Other industries do, are not doing that. That's, that's, and they, so like I said before, contractors are used for unusual, like high workloads. Maybe there's some project. With the in exception the of, I just to say the exception of yeah. Hollywood where everyone is pretty much a contractor. That's, but that, right. they have that's like true. a huge foundation of protection for them so that's a little different i know some people might say well everyone in the entertainment industry is a contractor it's very very different in hollywood because every project is a short term like that's they've developed the workers conditions right. and unions that's what around I, that yeah that's what i was just going to get into because you can't 
you can't compare how contractors are used in other industries because those big projects are rare, whereas the gaming industry is completely built on like the foundation of like we're always doing these short term short term po- projects. Yeah, basically. Well, no, they're, that's actually the thing though is that they're usually the developers are staying under the employment of the companies for each project. So it's actually not like Hollywood where it's like, yeah, you could yeah, be contracted by a studio, but most times you're working on a project with some a group of people and then it ends and then that job is over and then you're working on another project. Television right, is a little exactly. different, but it's still pretty short term if you look at how the rest of the world functions. Um, yeah. So, I mean, unless it's, it's Grey's Anatomy. It's short term compared to That's pretty long term. It's kind of an in between. Second it's Grey's Anatomy's reference in the pod. Let's go. <laughs> that show's been on for 50 years, I think. Also, that is really changing in the gaming industry because it was more true in the past yeah. where video games were these short term projects. But now, video games are getting updates for forever. Yeah, they basically. seem like they for don't years end. Years and years and years. They don't end. Yeah. So. The video game industry, even in the last 10 years, has changed dramatically. Yeah, with the online capabilities, it's like the expectation of keeping things fresh to keep players, you know, going. That's why Fortnite has lasted so long. They keep the game fresh, you know, regardless of what you think of the game. It it is constantly changing and not just little changes. The whole meta changes pretty much every couple months. So that's why people keep going back to it. And it's very lucrative for these businesses, but it's at the, it's like they aren't, they're changing the way they're working to get the profit, but they're not changing how that impacts the workers. Like they're still expecting them to put in this, like all the work needed for those changes. They're not giving them any protections, even though crunch has obviously gotten so bad and the abuses of contractors has gotten so bad. Yeah. Fortnite and league of legends are great examples of that. Also world of Warcraft where the game is never ending they're constantly changing the meta like you said so it does not make any sense for them to be hiring large numbers of contracts for these contractors for these jobs that are ongoing like this is obviously something where you should be having salaried like paid benefits workers because these games aren't ending and the thing is the way they get contractors to keep you know going into their employment because you could just say, well, if they know how this is, how you know it is this way, then why are they doing it? They promise, like a lot of anonymous sources. Obviously, a lot of these are going to be anonymous. They don't want to be blackballed from the industry. You still have to like, kind of, you know, accept that most times they are telling the truth with this. Why else would they speak out? Um, yeah. So they said that like they're promised full time employment. Like they're like, yeah, we're pretty much going to give you full time employment at the end of your contract. Then they fire you and they say oh no we couldn't do it because the contract no, that's, is up yeah so they that's the norm with contract they give you they're the promise promised so people a chance yeah. yeah that's they're giving contractors promises that contractors in other industries often get um and they're they're supposed to follow through yeah. but they're not <laughs> like legally yeah. obviously they don't have to follow through but they do it as a manipulation tactic and that's ethically right. wrong it's just wrong And it's making people, it's taking advantage of young people in these industries who just want to get their foot in the door. And they think this is the only way they can do it because this is what companies are doing to save a buck. Meanwhile, like, I don't know, it's just, it's upsetting to see that and then see like Blizzard, the big scandal with Blizzard was that they made a profit and then they fired 800 people 
and I don't even think they got very good severance or anything like that. They just fired them no, without, they didn't. without um, any warning. Uh, another thing was, like, the, a lot of the people – it wasn't just a bunch of new hires that got fired. Yeah. When, I, when it happened, I saw people tweeting about it that were employees that got fired, and they were like, I've worked at Blizzard for the last 10 years. I was expecting to retire here. Like, all these promises had been made. Like, all these expectations had been made. And those people were the ones getting laid off. It wasn't just the new and hires. And the CEOs it was people didn't who had, seem to care. They just no, did. they didn't care at all. They really didn't care at all. And oh, this is the, this is the company that does Overwatch, by the twice. way. When we say these companies' names, I know it's hard to like think of what they do. Blizzard does Overwatch. Rockstar does Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Epic Riot does, does League of Legends. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, these companies are not just like vague figures. You have probably, at some point, played a game of theirs. And they're the ones who are setting the the like the bar for everybody else yeah. too they're the ones who are creating the culture for everybody yeah it else. feels like so, it's a race to exploit your workers the most so you can make them like that's what everyone's doing it's like okay we gotta produce this as quick as possible there can't be delays it has to be perfect everything has to be in there the only way we can do that is if workers work an absurd amount of time and it's like they're one-upping each other with how shitty they are to their workers. And it's like... Yeah, they are. And they're bragging about yeah. it. They're, they're Who's very the much one who said he it. considered his worker... Like, he considered video games, like, magical. Like, elves are making them. Like, you don't know how they're being created. I'm like, no, I know people are making this game. I'm not an idiot. Uh, yeah, I know not, there's labor that goes Santa this. Claus, who honestly would probably be exploiting his workers if he really did exist. Yeah. His elves would be exploited, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> i will so, say nintendo uh, is an interesting like outlier it's not an outlier in that it's perfect um obviously jubilee and i love nintendo games um jubilee's kind of careers nintendo games right now um <laughs> i've always played I, nintendo makes my favorite games but they feel i they have moments where like in 2013 um the top people in nintendo took a pay cut so they you know didn't have to lay off their workers and obviously that was before the Switch came out. Things are probably fine now. Um, yeah, Nintendo went through a lull where they were not, I mean, it was kind of the Wii U yeah. era. It didn't sell well. But they did Games do that. So great. that, I, you know, we can't say that yeah. there are exceptions, but those exceptions should not should not prevent people in Nintendo from unionizing. That's not, you know, just because obviously they, you know, benefit off of the contractor situation we talked about. Um, I I don't think that just because a company that's, you know, better than most, like Nintendo is, just th that doesn't mean that they shouldn't also unionize because let's say they are mistreated in the future. Unionizing would allow them to, you know, work on the solutions now rather than deal with the fallout later. Yeah, and I think that a problem is also... Nintendo did do these things that I think should be considered the norm. Mm -hmm. Those could, should be considered the expectation. And they're kind of being, like, praised for it. Like, oh, wow, like, they're getting, like, a pat on the back for that when this should be, this should be expected of you. Like, this shouldn't be a special, like, nice thing that you did for your workers to just, like, not completely screw them over. Yeah, because so they can, it, I'm not, it, they shouldn't be able to just do that. And industries that are protected, you aren't just able to do that. You do have to yeah, you're not. think about your workers' interests because if you don't, then they actually have the power to do something about it. And that's the most important thing is 
empowering workers to actually, you know, be able to make a better life for themselves because there will always be a significantly more, like, greater amount of workers than there are CEOs, yet the CEOs have all the power. So ensuring that you can organize and have some power in your life and your livelihood and things, and, you know, in a country where we aren't guaranteed healthcare, it's very important. Like, it, the importance yeah. of this issue cannot be overstated. Yeah, like, especially with, that comes back to the contractors mm-hmm. and the fact that they're not given benefits. And in, in the United States, like, if you don't have health benefits through your employer, you're screwed. Yeah. 100%. Unless you're a millionaire or, you know, very high, like, top 1% of Once workers, you're 26, you will you're not fucked. be able to afford, you will not be able to afford, or, or if you just don't have parents that have yeah, insurance, you're, then you're just you're you're completely screwed. <laughs> Yeah, you're completely fucked. So it's it, it just adds an extra layer of like this being not okay. Yeah. And like I you said, know, you're not paying these people very much and they don't have benefits and they have no way to get benefits. And they have no job they security can't afford them. and their job is temporary yeah. when you're making them do the work of a person who has benefits, whose job who does have some job security. So yeah, it's the you know, it's the combination. It's kind of hard to, you know, Think of both because there's two separate issues kind of going on, but also they're kind of interconnected with the crunch of every employee and then also the use of contractors to make it look like you're not doing crunch, but you're still exploiting people in a different capacity. So we have that. And we also have Riot Games, um, who, I mean, Julie, if you want to give the intro for the Riot Games situation. To begin the story with Riot, the makers of League of Legends, A year ago, Kotaku did an article talking about gender discrimination of uh, Riot employees, and they had multiple accounts from Riot employees saying that it was happening. Yeah, it was essentially an expose, an investigation. Yeah. Um, I think they were the first to break it, yeah, about a year ago. Right. So that's, that's the beginning of the conversation around Riot and them discriminating against their employees based on gender. Um... A month ago, 150 Riot employees walked out in protest, um, not about the gender discrimination specifically. It was actually about forced arbitration, which means they required their employees to sign an agreement waiving their right to sue or to go through the courts in any way to, to resolve a dispute with the company. The only way that they could solve disputes was by privately contacting the company and resolving it with them. Yeah. So you can obviously see the conflict of interest there. Um, uh, you know, if you have a dispute with a company, they're not going to care about you. <laughs> they're just going to want to get it shoved under the rug. Yeah, and if you want to know the um, problem with that, um, making it so that someone can't bring this in front of a jury and they have to do it privately means that the dirt will never get out about them. So the public will not right. know. And it also means that they're likely going to have the employees settle for a lot less money than they would if it went through the court system with a jury. So it makes it so they probably have to sign a non-disclosure with the settlement. And the stuff is actually never known. So it, you know, kind of enables it to keep going. Yeah. And they force the workers to do this by telling them we won't hire you unless you sign Yeah, it's in the contract. Google has a similar contract. the walkout was saying you need to get rid of this forced arbitration because current former um, future current employees were suing them for th- so it's kind of connected right. to the gender discrimination because the five current employees yes. were suing so they were walking yeah. out so that those five current employees didn't have to do it through arbitration right they're saying 
they they want that to be taken away because it's happening right now. They're they are being sued. Yeah. So jump to now. Other thing, yeah. <laughs> jump to now. The other thing happening just about a week ago, the state of California announced that they are going to be investigating Riot for gender discrimination. The reason for that is they were investigating Riot without using the court system, and Riot was not complying with their requests for. Um, salary information on their employees. Ba what they say is considered basic information that when we request, we expect to get. Um, we do usually get. So it's like, this is this is normal information yeah, it, that they were asking for, and Riot wasn't over. complying. Yeah, yeah. You legally have to give it over, but also like, there's it doesn't. It's not normal for companies to not give it over. It's very bizarre. And so that's why California was like, well, we have to go through the courts because you're not complying. And Riot's yeah, it's more than unequal was, pay, by the way. It's, it said California is looking into alleged unequal pay, sexual harassment, sexual assault, retaliation, which means retaliation when somebody speaks up about sexual harassment and assault and they're usually fired or demoted in some way. Um, and then gender discrimination in selection and promotion. So that's a shit yeah. ton of things that's bad. It's, it's a lot. And... Yeah, that's that's good clarification. Yeah, it's a lot more than just not having equal Which pay. is bad it's, on its, it's own, very bad. but there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Riot's a mess. It's basically a culture, it's a culture of um, discrimination against women. Um, and it's very deeply ingrained, obviously. But the interesting thing is that Riot's response <laughs> to all of this is, we gave them this information. We gave them income reports probably cherry-picked and obviously not all of the information that California asked for but they're like we've been cooperating well if you've been cooperating why is all of this coming out like it, it, this doesn't come out about a company that is following the rules and another and thing that they said doing in their the right thing. reply was um, we've also made several recent requests that the um, DEFEH which is the um Department of equal, Fair and Equal fair, oh, and equal fair Employment and Housing. We got there. Never um, mind. Fair Employment and um, Housing. That's, the, <laughs> that's California's specifically Department of Fair and yeah. Equal Housing. Um, they want them to participate in a call with us to address their requests. Doing it in a call, again, prevents it from becoming public. So they want to do it like all shady over a call so that they don't have to go in front of any public anything and actually have it be known. And that is the response of somebody who's doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And the, the DFEH, right? That's the acronym. Though that is the um that's the what do you call it? The the what do you what do you call that? An org it's not an organization, is it it's a, the, a department. The department, thank you. I couldn't get <laughs> California that. California Department. That, that's, okay. the, that's the California department that's investigating. Yeah. Riot. That's all I wanted to clarify. Because we say the state of California, but specifically, yeah. it's well, they're doing it on the behalf DE. of the state of California. Yeah. On on behalf, yes, and they are a part of the state of yeah. California. It's good so to clarify why. and get everything correct because yeah. this is a lot of information. Yeah. Um. It it's a lot. Like yeah, it's a lot of information. It can get confusing. But I just didn't want to interchange between like, yeah the DEFH and the state of California. Like who's the one investigating? It's they're basically one and the same. Yeah. In this, in it's case. the organization um, that in, within the government that is assigned to investigate this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, looking at Riot, this isn't just like, a, oh, a separate thing we're talking about. This is another thing with unions, where unions also protect um, marginalized groups who are 
you know, have a history of being discriminated against. Unions protect women, people of color, LGBTQ. Um, that is supposed to be their purpose. So when you have something like this, it also will protect you. It should at least from having to sign a contract with forced arbitration. It's looking at what has happened with Riot. Um, and this is where I kind of want to like make a comparison to Hollywood in a way. Um, Hollywood's history, you know, when Hollywood first started happening, the big boom of Hollywood was in 1920, 1930, when, you know, industrialization was happening. And also, you know, huge protests for workers' rights were happening. Labor movements were everywhere. That was when we really saw, you know, um, the push for the 40-hour work week, um, no child labor, um, you know, safer conditions. So Hollywood was born during that time. That is why you see... Obviously, Hollywood has plenty of issues. I'm not saying it's perfect, but when it comes to the workers' rights of people in writers, actors, directors, um, cinematographers, everyone like that, unfortunately, virtual effects artists, since that's also new, that's not as strong. But if you look at the history, when this you know industry was basically born during a time period where workers' rights were the cool thing to do, you look at video games where they were kind of born from the 80s onward, where it was all about deregulation. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have the same push, unfortunately, from or support uh, to, you know, unionize like Hollywood did. So you can't just say, oh, yeah. well, why don't you just do what Hollywood did? Unfortunately, it's a lot harder now. Um, the government has deregulated a lot of, you know, workers rights things. They've lessened the powers of unions. They've tried pretty much everything to screw over unions and workers. Um, so when an industry is born in that, it kind of makes it a little harder than it was for Hollywood to, you know, organize because you don't have like the information and the movement surrounding you to do so. So the fact that Riot had 150 yeah. workers—that's the first big walkout of any big game industry or game company. That is the first one, and it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I, that reminds me of like in the article, uh, one of the earlier articles where it mentioned like the reason a lot of people probably aren't speaking up is because like they can barely afford to yeah. eat. Like they're, they're in, in such, a, such dire situations that like speaking up is like the last thing on their mind. They're just trying to survive. So yeah, it's a big deal that in an environment like this, you know, it, people were actually willing to like get up and walk out and be like, this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just goes to show how bad this situation yeah. has clearly gotten. I will gotten. say you've seen it a lot of, I don't know if you've seen the stuff with BuzzFeed, Jubilee, like there's a lot of push for, um, you know, these online media, you know, websites to unionize. I know whoever owns Gawker now, I don't, I forget who, unionized, um, BuzzFeed's trying to unionize. So there is like a recent push. I think actually, you know, again, Bernie um, kind of, I guess started a weird trend. Um, I guess he did. I don't know. I don't want to like make this all. He's got people. T- he's uh, he has brought a, a, the attention. Yeah, to he was a lot the first more, um, presidential a, a wider audience to unionize to for yeah. their staff. So you know, credit where credit is due. Um, so yeah, he. I think there's like a resurgence in a way. So this is why we see it happening now. It just, unfortunately, I don't know if it's strong enough. And I feel like unless we stop with this anti-union um, 
sentiments that we I keep we saw the stupidest replies to Bernie's yeah. tweets like um why would a CEO the CEO of um what was it Take Two Interactive oh, he was the CEO. who does Grand Theft Auto NBA 2K Strauss Zelnick <laughs> but he you know his company's behind massive things and he said that in an industry in the US where um 220,000 employees make an average of 100,000 a year then why would you want to unionize in that? And um, Game Workers Unite replied, that is not true, first of all. Uh, second <laughs> of all, it's not just about the pay. And third of all, you look at the actors' unions, a lot of people can make money and still want a union. You can still want the power yeah. of the worker to be important. So you have these like sentiments from big people who just don't want their workers to unionize because they want to be able to exploit them. Um, Oh, yeah. Corporations never like unions. If you listen to anyone except a corporation on their opinion. Yeah, don't, don't listen to the takes of CEOs when it comes to unions. Yeah, they, they obviously they aren't stand in favor. To benefit. Yeah, they stand to benefit so much from you not being in a union. So, of course, they're going to be against it. Yeah. That's money out of their pocket. Jubilee also sent me a little um, graphic that was showing that how oh, you can yeah. pay like 10 people 30K a year. And the CEO's son gets 430K a year, and that averages out to 80K for every worker. So don't use average, yeah. please. Like, don't use average. Yeah. That's also it's just absurd. not true. They're, it's just not true. They're not making 100K not a year. That is absurd. And also, just right back to the thing where it's not just about pay. Yeah. Working, it doesn't matter how much you're being paid. If you're being forced to work 80 hour weeks, it is going to mentally destroy you. If you're cutting off 18 so. inches of your hair, because their work has created such a bad headache that, that you think that's the solution to it, you have been overworked. <laughs> that is yeah. a problem. I don't care how much you're being paid. The fact that you feel like you're going to be fired, that's another thing. CEOs, yeah, they have a board to respond to, but they don't have that same fear. The people up top don't have that same fear that they're going to be fired. It's also like an anxiety thing, where if you don't do this work, you will be fired. Whereas a CEO, you're like, okay, if these workers don't do this work, I will fire them and I will get another worker. And it's just not the same. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the reason that the the first workers' movement started was because workers were easily expendable, easily Children replaced. Children were dying. There were fingers and yeah. food. It was bad. Yeah. There were they workers <laughs> who were caught on fire, the, you know, the big incidents where they locked the door so people wouldn't leave. Then there was a factory fire and everyone died inside. There were reasons that obviously, you know, they are not keeping the doors locked for people. But it's the same. But that's because of those protections yeah. that workers in the and past also, have. And also, to avoid it with contractors because they wrote the laws with full-time employer, employees in mind. But now since, you know, companies have found like a loophole with contractors, they don't have to follow it. You can't sue really for harassment if you're a contractor because it's, I guess you could technically, but it's so much more difficult and it probably won't happen. And with a union, you don't have to come up with your own money to sue. You go through your union, they do it for you. So, I mean, there are unions that I don't think are doing a good enough job. Like the NFL union's pretty bad. Honestly, they're kind of trash. But, um, like, they still have made it so people can get banned and lose pay for smoking weed. It is very dumb. But there are unions that are doing a good job. The Writers Guild um, of America, I know it's a guild. It does the same thing as a union. Okay, it's close enough. Um, it 
it has made it so it constantly works for the writers in Hollywood. I mean, all a union is is a bunch of workers getting together and having each other's backs. So anytime you have a group like that, that's that's what a union. Well, uh, you pay dues, and the stupidest take I saw was video games shouldn't have unions because workers will then have to pay fees, and video game prices will be higher, and that is sad for me. Get the fuck over it. You should not want a cheaper game if that means people are exploited for it. Yeah, and the dues are. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you should not want to. These games are Unions already have to luxury have items because, and it, it, and the reason they want, I think it was recently where they decided that, I think it was the Supreme Court where they decided where um, people didn't have to pay union fees anymore. It used to be mandatory. That way, you could have the power of the collective. Obviously, I know some people have some opinions about that. The thing is, your union should be good enough, and the government just slowly kind of, like, laws just slowly kind of knock down the power a union has, but it should be powerful enough where you are fine paying the fee because that means you have the protection. Obviously, something needs the money to run. It can't run it for free. So I, I understand that people are maybe hesitant about the fees, but it does. it is for a purpose, you know. I mean, all you have to do is look at the statistics of workers in unions and workers not in unions. They get paid yeah. more. They have better benefits. They don't lose their jobs for no reason. Would you be willing to pay some money to make more money? Because you come out a net positive. Yeah. <laughs> okay? It doesn't make sense. It, it just it doesn't make sense to be against it in a situation where the workers are being completely exploited and thrown out like trash whenever they're used up. Yeah. So, and yeah. Just like a, you have nothing to lose yeah. at that point. <laughs> just like a little like mini rant from me. Maybe I should have left it for yeah. Rage Quit, but I haven't played Rage Quit. The people calling Game Freak video game developers lazy, just don't call them lazy. You know they're not lazy. Just because you've heard everything we've just said, they're clearly not lazy. This is the norm. I guarantee Game Freak does something with crunching. They're a smaller studio, and they are kind of protected by Nintendo. They either do so they do something exploiting some sort of workers because that's the norm right now. You know, you don't have to not play Pokemon because of it. Um, just saying. It's the culture of the industry, so it can't be avoided yeah. by any company. Yeah. That's why I was saying like the biggest companies set the set the bar for everybody yeah. else. Yeah, and you know, so. Game Freak is expected to get this in time for Nintendo. Nintendo's probably putting some pressure on them because they have to do that whole release, you know, at a certain time. Just don't call them lazy. You cannot like what they're doing. But calling them lazy is just incorrect. They are not lazy. It's it's not the reason why you aren't getting what you want. They are probably putting in more hours than you are at your work. So you can chill the <laughs> yeah. fuck out calling them lazy. That is just They're absurd. working a lot harder than you are. And it, imagine less working money, 100-hour work weeks and then logging on after you've created this demo. Which, by the way, guys, the demo code is apparently garbage. Uh... One person said, I will quote, a, one developer, again, an anonymous, but he said, as most engineers know, demo code is almost always garbage throwaway code. So we got to crunch to write code we knew was not actually feasible long term, but looked good enough for showing it off. This is for trade shows like E3. But once we had shown this stuff off, we had publishers coming out and trying to court them as well. The longest I ever spent in the office was almost 30 hours. Um, I did not sleep. We had a huge demo for a potential publisher. 
Um, so that whole thing is not only is the demo you saw at E3 probably not actually the you know the code they're going to use because they're going to again do another crunch after this to make sure it's workable long term. Do they the fact that they do that and then they have to throw it away? They like work thirty hours straight and then they have to throw it away. I can't imagine the stress that causes you. And also. The code for the demo is something that would have been made a while ago. It, like, people are like, oh, the game's about to come out? Like, do you think that demo was made the day before E3? Like, do you think that, like, nothing has happened since that demo was made? Yeah. That was something that they had to do on the side, throw together. There could be a million reasons that I, I am quite certain the weird-looking trees and the fact that Pokemon just, like, pop into existence is not something that's going to be in the final game it's just they had to throw together this demo and if those animations weren't ready yet when they made the demo they had to put something together to make it function or if they didn't have the demo it'd be like oh what's wrong and then the stock would drop or some shit like it's it's not yeah first of all it's not just polishing apparently which i thought it was going to be because they obviously polishing graphics is the last thing games do um, but it's not even the code that they're going to be using for the actual game. So y'all can calm yeah. down. Um, stop calling these people who are, you know, systemically being exploited lazy because that's a bad look on you and I will judge you for it. Um, yeah, just don't do it. And I guess the last thing I want to talk about with this, Jubilee and I kind of have differing opinions on this. Mostly we agree. Um, the whole what as consumers we can do to... Mm support you know the workers change the industry realistically um what we can do so jubilee if you want to give your take so this is my take is that it can't be on the consumers to hold companies accountable for the wrong things they're doing to their employees that's not to say that we can't have consumers band together and boycott a game because of something atrocious that they're doing um, that the company is doing but that is to say that if you build a society that relies on consumers to be the deciding factor like on how a company treats its employees that's not that's not okay like that's not because a lot of consumers are not going to care about what's happening to the employees like we're seeing it right now with what she just talked about with game freak like all of these people are on twitter talking about how terrible i mean it's not just twitter reddit all over the internet and it's getting thousands of upvotes of people saying like they're not trying like they don't care like they don't even realize that that they're greedy there's a uh, lot more to news it alert, guys it's a company the point is to make money i'm sorry if you thought that wasn't their purpose <laughs> yeah they're greedy I, like I, I don't know what they thought but yeah they clearly don't have a grasp on reality so consumers are are just they're just not it's not that they're not smart but they're just they're not informed and they don't try yeah. to be so expecting consumers to hold companies accountable is not sometimes you can like sometimes um something really horrible will come out about a company and consumers will boycott a brand in in a you know in an effort to get them to change and it does work. So I'm not saying that I don't want that to happen. I'm just saying that that can't be what we're relying yeah, on. Yeah, I think the problem is I kind of looking at like I know you're thinking like oh setting a precedent of how things will then change. Um so relying on consumers isn't reliable. Um I agree right. with that. I think 
there is I think we should still view ourselves as responsible for if we buy a game knowing it's from a company that is this horrible that is kind of on you for support like you're supporting you have to kind of you know deal with that you're not free from any shame or guilt when you do that um you're still giving money to a company that's treating its workers that way like um you know everything that's happening in georgia where hollywood is making a lot of their films disney said they wouldn't do it um kristen wig said she wouldn't do it walking dead's considering not doing it um so obviously you know people are afraid of losing money um but so boycotts work but it's hard to know if enough people would actually group together and inform the company of why they're not buying it. That's the most important part. They have to know why you're boycotting it. It's hard to believe that people would group together that way. Yeah. One thing I want to add though, with that Hollywood um, comparison. So there is a relatively small group of celebrities and producers making tv shows and movies compared to just everyone that plays video games and they have an enormous they each have celebrities the bigger they are the more power they have when they choose to boycott something it makes a big statement that you know millions of people see and well thousands depending on their size i think that historically we Relying on celebrities has not been the way most of these have happened. Yeah, it's kind of relevant with social media, but the larger the group of people are who are actually control, it's it's it, right. it's who's controlling the money. That is who people listen to. If you're controlling right. the money that that thing gets, then you have the power to do something. But people don't actually believe that when they're individuals. They only really feel it when they're connected to people. That's the problem, uh, is the connection. I don't know if we could ever get people to do that. We are, as consumers, you know, whether we can do anything about it or not necessarily, or whether it would be effective, we are contributing to it in some way. We can't ignore that fact. Um, right. It's obviously not black and white, but it's not always black. Sorry. Uh, I, I wanted to add something. Um, you saying that made me think of something. Um, it made me think about, like, the meat and dairy yeah. industry, for example. Uh, I think there's weirdly a parallel there. there because, I was thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because let me let me just explain my thought. Um, they're similar in that everybody knows that the meat and dairy industry is very bad to mm-hmm. animals, right? And um, workers, by the whether way. you care or not. A lot of people do care and want animals to be treated fairly, but continue to consume meat and dairy products because of the kind of addiction, basically. And people who can't afford to go, yeah, or people who can't afford to go vegan. That's that's obviously a glaring reason as well. Yeah, yeah, but okay, there are a lot of people who can't afford it who don't, and it's because of just they taste good. It's very difficult to like learn how to eat differently. So like comparing that to video games, they they taste a lot of people that are very into video games. That they taste well. It's not that it's just that it tastes delicious. It's part of their identity, yeah. part of their personality, part of their life. Like in a way that is very unique to only like a few industries mm-hmm. out there. Like it's not something that people can just give up. Like you can say like you guys need to boycott League of Legends. Well, 
there are people who've been playing that game for like over a decade or for however long it's been around and it is very deeply ingrained in who they are and you can't just expect them to just boycott it like that won't happen just like people aren't going to just give up meat because they see a video of animals being like i will say one thing you can do is uh speak up to your legislators um you can say hey this is a bad thing that's happening can you do something about it obviously you might think that's useless but if enough people do it that could actually get whatever senator congressperson even state senator to it it brings awareness to the issue to people who could do something about it so even if you are still buying the game say okay i'm buying this game i'm contributing to this what can i do to support the workers still if there's a protest go support them at a protest if there's some sort of way it's really easy to call your senator and make it known it really is that you can leave a message you can do a lot of things you can write letters i know we don't do that anymore don't email they don't read those but also twitter is a uh, thing. And I, a I don't think we force. can say twitter i think the big thing that could make a difference here is people the problem with twitter is a lot of people see things blow over on twitter calling them and keeping it up oh i'm I'm not saying that Twitter is a, an alternative. I'm just saying that there have been uh, – Twitter is just one, I guess, yeah. like, cog in a, in a wheel. But um, I do think that t- – I mean, Twitter has enacted change because of things blowing up on yeah. there. It's just that it's usually when money is at, ris- at yeah. risk that these companies will take action. So that comes back to, like, boycotting, which we just discussed is kind of problematic. But um, – but yeah, just if, if you're going the, to use Twitter, don't tweet and think you actually did something. If you're going to use it, yeah, so tweet just, and then do your other tweet stuff. with half a like didn't do anything. Yeah, you you can't just expect that to change anything. But like you can, if you use Twitter, you can um, signal boost takes that you agree with that you think you know. Like you can retweet, you can like, you can leave likes and stuff like that. That's not a complete and letting waste the developers know you support them. That is a good use of Twitter. Is knowing yeah. the support is there, but also that's a great example. You know yeah. that you know we already saw one walkout at Riot Games. I can't imagine that's going to be the last one. Those aren't just limited to employees. You can, if it's near you, you can go and support them. Make a sign. Um, do you know? Make it known that you're there to help them. Yeah. That brings about change because, to be honest, a lot of companies don't like the negative publicity. They will do a lot to change it. So. I mean, that's yeah. what people are they doing. They definitely don't because it comes back to dollar signs. Like, they see uh, if, if they're getting a lot of negative publicity, they're worried that people aren't going to want to play their game. New gamers aren't going to come in. And, like, they can play a different game. That's Twitch streamers won't stream it because it's publicity. too controversial. That's going to yeah, happen. Exactly. I don't, it hasn't and happened. Twitch streamers hate controversy, as we know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that, but I'm saying that's a possible thing if enough pressure. Oh, yeah. If it's scandalous enough. I don't think that's the thing. It has to be extreme. Yeah. And you have to keep it going. Like people. You have to be persistent. But to come back to you voicing, saying voicing support to the people who are actually like living it and going through it. um, That actually is a really good point. Like uh, a lot of times people will only speak up about something if it's negative. Like if they're saying something negative, you know, they Mm -hmm. don't think to ever offer like support or encouragement. 
like they'll see something and they'll and they'll go oh this person's getting you know blasted and they're going through like a difficult time but i disagree with the people who are blasting them but i'm not gonna say yeah. anything you know like and it would mean a lot to them to hear that support yeah. so yeah uh, when you feel like you're and they're the ones who are kind of at ground like at the ground floor like they're living it like hearing support from outside people can encourage them they have the most power to like make change yeah. so like support from outside people can help yeah. um and yeah. don't yeah just try to if you that's the thing obviously if you want to choose to not spend money on the games that's also a thing you could do but if you I, that's not realistic for everybody to do i don't think everyone's going to do that but if enough people make their voices heard saying this treatment is not okay and if they make it the one thing that could impact it here is, you know, asking for legislation to, you know, or, and, you know, the state of California is investigating Riot Games. There are things that can be done that's more than just taking away money, I guess. You know, if you just make it your voice heard, you just sitting back and watching it happen doesn't help. And you kind of should feel a little shitty if you do that, to be honest. And you still buy games. You should. You should do, be doing something yeah. to help these people in some way yeah and it's not hard it doesn't take very much of your time like you're still consuming the games and you're obviously very involved in if you're if you're if league of legends is a part of your identity you should yeah, care you should give a fuck. about how they treat their employees even if you're not going to stop playing the game you should be doing something to make it better for the people who make this game that you clearly love so also much. you so, know Hearing these working conditions at Epic with Fortnite, I know we talked trash about Ninja the other time, but not just Ninja. All of the big top Fortnite streamers who are getting massive amounts of followers and they're basically free advertising for these games. If they said something, if someone like Ninja said something about Epic Games, that would be a huge, huge thing. Streamers like Ninja get big because he has very... Um, he basically agrees with what these companies are doing. And, like, that's the Well, culture. the thing is, though, you see people like Tiku, who um, is suing FaZe for his contract. He's a massive Fortnite player. You actually see these people who have the same ideas. People want, like, yeah. the same thing kind of happening to you where you're being screwed by your employer. Once you're getting so screwed, you, then you care. if you kind of want to look at that and you support Tiku doing that, look at what these game developers are going through. You can, you know they're not famous and you're not watching their streams every day, but they did make those games yeah. that you love so much. So you should care yeah. about them. Um, yeah. The games don't just like magically appear. In elves don't make the games. Somebody, yeah. Somebody made it and you should care about them. Like, and, or even yeah. if you don't play video games, you should care that people are being mistreated this much. You should. And you, before you say, yeah. Oh, they should just find another job. That is not how things work. People should be able to work in an industry and not have to face this crap. That is just absurd to say, just yeah. find another job. Yeah. That is not like, a solution. <laughs> yeah. And it's always people that don't play video games that say stuff like that. Even people who play video games. Like, people are ungrateful as shit. Honestly, people are not yeah. good. People are bad. Just that I, is I the mean, um, conclusion of this podcast. <laughs> people are bad. People the are end. Bad. Especially the gaming community, though. It's pretty, pretty bad. bad. Not that others aren't bad, but oh my god, it's bad. Just a complete culture of gender discrimination. Like, I can't even imagine, like, like it doesn't surprise me at all that it's happening yeah. at Riot, but, like, I would be surprised if any 
big major gaming company was not discriminating. Can we just talk about Planet Zoo and how it was all women at E3 as the game developers presenting Planet Zoo? Planet Zoo, I support. You should support Planet Zoo too. It looks amazing. I yeah, you should, you should buy, buy, Planet buy Planet Zoo. Also, the new Animal Crossing was directed by a woman, and it's the first Animal Crossing but to Planet be directed Zoo by comes a woman. Out first. So, if you want something to play where you can have animals and give them love, get Planet Zoo because it looks good. Because I can't get it because I don't have a PC, and I want to watch other people play it. So yeah, I'll probably play Planet Zoo. Please, honestly. dear God. I've seen a Stream. little bit. Seen I just need to watch previews. Okay, um, so we're gonna, I guess, take a break after all that, and yeah, go to Rage Quit. I know this whole thing felt like a Rage Quit, but uh, we're gonna go to Rage Quit, and it's not related to this. We're gonna have different Rage Quits about other about other things, things that suck. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. We're back with our Rage Quits. I'll go first with mine, which is about The Bachelor. If you follow me on Twitter, you might know, because I tweeted like 300 times during the last episode of The Bachelor, about the fact that, first of all, I don't even know where to begin. Um, the villain, every episode, or every season of The Bachelor, or Bachelorette, sorry. Just, can we just call I just it call it The Bachelor. Thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the yeah, one that so you're talking every season, yeah. yeah, every season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette has a villain. And The Bachelorette tends to have worse more evil villains than The Bachelor. Um, Just kind of like psychopaths, like people who are abusive. Sometimes they turn out to actually be sexual predators. Um, This season, the villain is making it all the way to the final, you know, the final guys. You know, he's he's been around for the entire season. He still hasn't been kicked off, even though he is manipulative. He almost he well, she he actually, actually did. Off, she yeah. said, "Leave, don't and then come he said back." No. And he came back, and she was like, "Okay." Um, and this season has just been weird too because they have only showed negative things about the villain. Um, what what the hell Luke is his name? I'm like, <laughs> Luke P. Thank you, Luke P. They have not shown him ever having like any kind of in like positive experiences with hannah like it's always bad and um he's still here and it doesn't make sense like she just keeps saying oh well like i love him or not like i love him but like i like him still or like we have a connection even though they don't like we've never seen a connection anyways he's just (laughs) he's just very manipulative he's honestly terrifying um when he talks it's very obvious that he's lying like it's like ba- watching a bad actor in a have in we a ever seen him blink? is what it feels like i <laughs> i don't think, think so. about yeah it. He, he's <laughs> yeah yeah it's sorry if, just... i'm not i'm obviously not a psychiatrist or whatever i can't diagnose like a psychopath but like something is wrong mentally with this man okay and it's not okay it's not safe for women to yeah disclosure like that much is obvious obviously some editing is involved in making him look crazy i do think he's crazy but the level of craziness is definitely added with like the creepy music and the edits it's a little combination like obviously the crazy has to be there yeah they do they they are very much like but that that doesn't help the situation because even if they're forcing him to look like a complete psychopath 
why are they editing it that way? Like, why are they making him seem dangerous and bad, like, to, to, an, to that extent? Um, anyways, I just, I, I don't agree with that. I don't think that, even if all of that happened, like, they shouldn't be showing it that way. They shouldn't be that's what they just, want. like, blasting that's that as if reality. that's just that's the, what they want. I mean, yeah, that's, it's because it's entertainment and everything, but it's, it's disturbing. Uh, yeah. It crosses the line to disturbing rather than just, oh, this guy, I hate, you know, because everybody likes to band together and hate somebody, mm-hmm. like, for superficial reasons. Yeah, no, that's, That are yeah. not, like, he's a danger to others. That's always others. been my problem with uh, The Bachelorette. It's, you know, like I said on this podcast before, this is, I guess I'm just kind of used to it now. It's still angers the hell out of me to see it every time and it like is annoying that like my relaxation show is taken over by the fears that i have um right but like it's it sucks it happened with it keeps happening they did it with chad they did it with um i guess they kind of did it with leo and bachelor in paradise um they did it with who else uh the racist guy lee and rachel season they had to add the racism element when you had the first black bachelorette of course it couldn't just be a regular yeah. you know crazy guy he also had to be racist <laughs> um yeah so yeah it's just it's i don't like it i prefer my villains to be bitches um who are yeah. just shady as fuck i don't like them to be a danger to anybody that's just not enjoyable to watch i wish they would stop um abusive manipulative just all classic signs of i mean even if he's not violent which he has been violent on the show already not towards another well maybe towards another person but not towards her at least but like he oh yeah he's very clearly yeah no he was yeah he was and another thing is like they painted luke s as like kind of a bad guy for walking out on hannah but it was like every guy here should be walking out on hannah she's keeping him around when it's every single person is telling her like this guy is not okay and she's like stop talking about him well it's she like, was like i'm a grown really ass dangerous I man here for myself i'm just like i don't was that, i think that was supposed to be empowering but it wasn't yeah that's just not empowering i, I don't i guess it I don't care who you are. If you see if you see someone that is around me a lot, close to me, and they are like exhibiting abusive behavior to everyone around them, like you should say something. Also, you are not a even if that makes them hate you. Like, okay, I'm about to be 24 in a couple months. I yeah. would not be like I'm a grown ass woman who can make smart decisions about dating. I know I'm not a grown ass woman who can make smart decisions about dating. I am self aware. Okay, Hannah should be too. Does she? Does she expect every single guy to just pretend to like Luke for, for on her behalf? Like, I don't understand that. But yeah, it's um, not fun to watch. Yeah, I don't no like one... watching passive yeah. bachelorettes um, either. I guess those women exist. I just it's not enjoyable. I prefer like women like Rachel the was the best season more... because she was just not taking <laughs> shit, and it was so enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. mine. Anyways, that's yeah. Mine pick. is uh, to. Kyle Kishov, Kishov, um, he is the Parkland survivor who was still pro-gun afterwards. Like, he advocated for pro-gun, no gun control at all. Um, Honestly, like, that's not even the correct way to frame it. You can be pro-gun and pro-gun control. You can enjoy shooting guns and be pro-gun control. That's not what he was. He was anti-gun control. And he got into harvard um and then 
they rescinded it, his admission, because they found a private message of two years ago where he repeated. It wasn't just, oh, he said the N-word and it slipped out. That's not good either. It was, like, spammed. It was like he copied and pasted it, like, boom, 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 like, spamming it. And it was incredibly yeah. racist. And he hasn't actually, like, acknowledged why it's wrong. Um, he's just said yeah. people can grow. Don't judge people what they do at 16. That is exactly what college admissions does. They judge at what you did while you were in high school. Um, you, you, yeah. I, And he was kind of saying you grow after a major life event. You obviously didn't. You still don't support gun control. I haven't. Also, why did he put, like, he kind of made the, nobody would have known he, his admission was rescinded, except that he tweeted it himself. Harvard doesn't make that public. He could have just said, I'm choosing not to go to Harvard, like, and nobody would have known. Well, he did it because I think he wants, he expected that I know, but man, he could have just been like, nah, it's okay. And now everyone just sees you as this racist ass motherfucker who, the, the statements he made, did he show those to anyone before he Also, because he said because Harvard was built <laughs> on slavery in 1600s, um, that means that he should be allowed into Harvard. Buddy, that is not the bar you want to be showing. Because yeah. these slave owners could get into Harvard, I should be able to, too. <laughs> I, and a slave owner as well, should be allowed into like, Harvard. Don't, don't. He's just, he, I want him to shut up. I want people saying that kids should kids don't know better that why why are white kids allowed to make so many mistakes my mom did not let me do dumb shit like that i don't know i don't i'm not gonna exactly blame parenting i don't know his parents some kids are dumb on their own i remember when um you know those blackouts for high school football games where you would like do the face paint my mom would always be like keep it to the two under the eyes you don't want anything to look like I didn't even know about, like, how bad blackface was at the time. I still had people telling me it was bad. Like, I knew you shouldn't do certain things. Well, even that, like, I recall being a child and knowing that, and I I went to an all-white school, so, and I still knew that the N-word had a connotation that was racist. That white people should not say. that it was not okay to say. Yeah, it was like a word that I would not touch with a 10-foot pole. It was something I was taught very, very young, not even from my parents. It was just known. And if you said that word at school, it was known to the people hearing it that you were saying a racist word. Like, it wasn't, it's not, you can't act like people don't know what this word means. Like, as a child, you know what it means. It's something you learn at a very young age. He knew Um, what it meant, too. He wasn't even, okay, this isn't better. I'm not saying it's better. But there was, like, a thing where white kids in high school would use the A instead of the ER when, like, quoting a rap song or something, which isn't better. I'm just saying he doesn't even – he can't even weasel out with that excuse, which isn't an excuse, but some people think it is, because he was using the hard ER repeatedly in all caps, like, saying how well he could type it. That's what – What? Yeah. Again, there's no excuse – even for the people who were saying that, but he was using it like with the intention of being horrible. And I just also, bro, that was two years ago. That's not too far away. If I did something shitty two years ago, 
Well, he's tr- his argument is that he went through the yeah. shooting and now he's not just, racist, which is just part of the rage quit. Doesn't is make people any need sense. to get the fuck over Ivy schools, Ivy League schools. They are so dumb. They are a scam. You can get just as good of an education and rack up some debt still if that's your goal at a public school. Public colleges are great. Yeah. You can get the same education. The only benefit of Harvard is the connections you meet there, which are just a bunch of rich people. Why don't you just if if you rich people went to a other bunch schools, of rich people, then everybody yeah, could make it at other schools. They even tried to get Obama to call Harvard. Someone tweeted that Obama should call Harvard and get this kid into Harvard. The audacity. The audacity yeah. to say that the first black president should call and get this racist ass little weasel into Harvard is absurd. What does Obama owe this kid? What does Obama owe this kid? I guarantee that person did not vote for Obama they, either. They, maybe they did. <laughs> the person no, demanding that. Oh, haven't seen Get Out. Maybe they're like, you know, there's a, the main thing, like there's this line in Get Out where it's like the white dad is like, you know, I voted for Obama both times. And it's like white people say that all the time, apparently. <laughs> like to make sure they're known as cool. Yeah, but they're not. Okay, but his his audience is a bunch of Republicans, and I highly doubt no, they voted for Obama. The, another guy, like I think it was a liberal a liberal oh set. okay oh i thought you were just talking about like a comic no no this guy was like yeah he oh, okay. is like in the political sphere he said that Obama should. i just think that like that's you insane. are not entitled I can't to go to harvard anyone read... nobody the fa- oh my god like people don't get into harvard because of Most a b minus like you are not entitled because you are racist they can definitely say we don't want this person with these beliefs who has not really grown, like, you, you're you not entitled to grow at Harvard. I hope he does grow as a person, and I don't, you know, think it's happening, but I hope he does, And but he can do it somewhere else. You're not, the entitlement of it all is absurd. Oh, okay, let me just talk about his post for one second. He tried to insinuate that because Harvard isn't letting him in, he has no other <laughs> options. Yeah, that was heavily Maybe you should have applied because he somewhere said, else, buddy. it's too late. It's too late to apply to any colleges. I can't go to any other schools. It had to be Harvard. They waited until I didn't, and that's not how it works. Okay, like whether if you have to take one semester off, it's you can go not, to community no college. No one cares. Yeah, you can get into community college like up until the day before they start classes, and those tr- credits transfer. So. That's absolutely ridiculous that he tried to insinuate that he has no options. And the entire post was just Also, again, that's your fault entitlement. for not applying to other schools. Sorry. Yeah. He acting like his actions don't have consequences, but he shouldn't have to face consequences for anything that he has done prior to this shooting, which isn't how yeah, anything it's works. It's not how the world works. You don't get to say, oh, I went through something really traumatic, so therefore everything I did before that also unless it's like i was against gun control then i was in a shooting now i'm for gun control that i would believe that i'm like okay i can connect the dots that makes sense as a progression yeah not saying the end what is saying the n-word have to do with being shot at like it's nothing what those kids experience were traumatic i assume a lot of them probably went through life-changing experiences he has a lot of them did become he's not he's not demonstrated and he's not owed anything just because he, like, it's just absurd. I'm sorry. You haven't actually done anything to prove just, you're not a racist. Also, it, it doesn't matter. 
The only thing he did was damage control after it got out. Yeah. That is the only singular thing that he has done to show that he's changed. And that's not showing that you've changed. When when it gets out and then you start doing damage control, when you had done nothing prior to that to show that you weren't racist. Also, like you're supporting a political he does, he's party not involved. that uh, definitely wants institutionalized racism to continue. So, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's there's just no evidence of growth so yeah i can see why harvard rescinded his acceptance and i there are just like two I, things it, it shocks me that anyone would end yeah. up on his side my rage quit is like two things anyways. my rage quit is get the fuck over ivy league schools they are a scam the second yeah. part is this kid is dumb as shit and he's <laughs> racist and he's done nothing to show that he is a racist and it's okay for yeah. him to not get every single thing he wants in life sorry that you have to face consequences like grow up you're yeah. you're saying you've grown except that you have to face consequences for what you've done when yeah, you're 16 exactly. okay oh it's wild that uh 16 year olds can't get abortions in some states because they have to face those consequences but the same yeah. people think oh, yeah. that uh this kid should never face any consequences young white white boys should yeah, have no consequences so... but women obviously have to live with all yes because pregnancy should be a punishment for women having sex that's how things yeah. work yeah all right this yeah. rage quit got really right. ragey um we were it in got a really mess. long and ragey it's okay <laughs> all right that's all we have for yeah. today um i hope you enjoyed it uh leave comments see you guys next future week. episode ideas you might want to see or guests yeah. that you might want to see on obviously we can't get like beyonce but you know Maybe Rihanna. Yeah. All the time we have for now. I'll see you guys Bye. next time. Bye.